Well, well, well. When all seems lost, GFC turn around and provide a gem of a performance at BMO Field last night in the semifinals of the Canadian Championship. I like to call it the Voyager's Cup still, because to me that's what it will always be. But this is your day after Tunnel Club show. Uh, Mike Newell uh, here with uh, Sean Levy, as always. Uh, follow myself at uh, Football Saves. Follow Sean at CDN Footy. Also, uh, follow the Tunnel Club at TFC Tunnel Club. But, Sean, I mean, I was there last night. Um, it was, it, you know, it was one of those games where I was kind of worried that there wasn't a lot of hype, it felt like, going into the game. And it didn't feel like there was a lot of anticipation uh, into the match. But quickly, as the game went along, you could see, you know, a Toronto FC Montreal Derby match in a cup semifinal uh, still matters, even though uh, it wasn't a sold out house. It was definitely uh, loud and impactful from where I was sitting. Uh, Sean, as always, love to get your impressions on the match. Well, <clears throat> I wasn't there yesterday. I couldn't, uh, um, with work and everything, getting down there wasn't going to work for me. But I did get home to watch the whole game. And yes, you guys were definitely loud. Um, so you guys did a great job. Um, I mean, probably like a lot of people, I don't think I had a lot of high expectations going into the game. Um, and, and I think it was, for me, it was more based on run of play. Um, and even in their previous Canadian Championship game, whether it be the game against Halifax or even the game against Forge for the 2020 final, they just didn't look very dominant or as if you know like in either the, like they lucked out the win in Halifax in my opinion and and the one against Forge so going into the game I just I was just like you know what I hope we can play half decent yeah absolutely and I think look I think there were legit concerns uh, we talked about it on the Toronto I Die podcast um, you know there were some concerns about the four Montreal was coming into or coming into this game um, with and I think you know, again, like you said, you know, there were there was a run of four unbeaten um, prior to the Red Bulls game on the weekend. And, you know, but they didn't really play great in any one of those games. And I will put a proviso on this one that it might have been Montreal's B-ish team um, out there. But you still got to go out there and win those games. Um, and given the, the fact that TFC had gone to two CPL away grounds. Um, and arguably could have lost both games. Um, you know, there's no taking anything for granted right now uh, with this team or taking lineups for granted. So the fact that, you know, not only did they win the game, but they pretty much dominate from start to finish. Obviously, small periods of time where Montreal did, especially in the first half, threaten. Um, but... I mean, really, this was the first complete, really complete performance we've seen from this team all season. I don't know if you agree, but that, that's kind of how I saw it. No, I'll, I, I think you, you were spot on. And I think I'll take it a little further is defensively, even when Montreal was, you know, maybe had a few threats, you know, they played well. Like the young kids played well. They stepped up. They weren't making 
stupid mistakes in the box or in the final third. Um, so, like, I think defensively, like, like, and it was many different play- people stepping up. I there were moments where I saw pause all the way back in the in our own eighteen. I saw, you know, Jay Nelson running all over that pitch. You know, one of his best performances from top to 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 bottom. Um, like, I think for the first time, we saw the potential of the kids getting it right and how it could look in the future. Not necessarily with all of them playing, but when they are on the pitch, that they actually can be assets to the team. Absolutely. And look, we, we, we harangued um, the young players last uh, on Saturday, again on Monday on, on the pod, you know, just in terms of, look, they're, they're going to make mistakes as, as we've been saying for months on end now. Right. But when they get it right, man, do they get it right. And I think the, the one thing that I was so impressed about with yesterday's performance and I talked about it to Mike Singh and, and Jeff Nesker on the podcast was, you know, maybe it's a uh, it's time to maybe get into some faces a little bit more and, and get a little physical and get and close down space a little quicker and press. Right. And I mean, really press with a with a proper structure behind the team to support that press. And you saw that time and time again uh, last night. And I got to uh, shout out Jaden Nelson um, because he's probably one of the young players that gets picked on a lot um, for good performances, for bad performances. Um, but I think that, and it was, it was evident in the crowd, people are really starting to glean to him uh, in terms of not just you know, sort of the ball handling skills and being able to dribble guys and things like that, but his work ethic, right? Like he loses the ball and he will work his ass off to get it back. And that's one thing that you can't, it's really hard to teach a player to want to do that, especially when they're considered sort of attacking slash flare pit players. But there were several times last night where, you know, he was on the attack and he lost the ball but he didn't just hang his head. You know, he went back and tried to win the ball back or a teammate lost the ball and he was there to win the ball back. And I, and, and I'm, I'm singling him out, but almost all the young players played incredibly well last night. Um, but I just wanted to single that out because uh, he was fantastic. And um, you know, uh, a James Pantemis fingernail save in the first 50 seconds of the game. Uh, he'd have a goal to his name for that game. But uh no, great performance from from Jaden. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I think again, hats off to them for again whatever role they were asked to play, they all played it. I don't want to use the, per- the the word perfectly, but they, in my opinion, mistake major mistake free. You know, there were probably the odd little here and there things, but nothing that was going to cause major concerns or, you know, disrupt. Our first clean sheet in what twenty seven was it twenty eight? Yeah, twenty eight. I think it's twenty eight. Yeah, right. Like so, I'm gonna. I, I I have no complaints when it comes to yesterday because at the end of the day, you know, we got a four nothing win at home against our most hated rivals. Like what more? Like really, there's for the first time all season long, we really there's no complaints that we can really pick on, nor should we. It's a, it's no. actually a moment to be happy about to embrace what we saw from the team, how they all played. Like it was a team of 11 playing for each other, all wanting that way. Yeah. I, I think you could tell um, watching the way that they came out 
uh, with, you know, that they were up for this, that, that whatever was said during the week, um, what was ever said in the locker room prior to the game, you could tell that they were up for this within the first 30 seconds. And, and you know why I, I was able to tell? Because they were in people's faces. They were in their faces as soon as they could get the ball. They could get in people's faces and try to win the ball back and press. And once I saw that, I was like, oh, okay, this might be a little different um, than what we've been seeing over the last couple of months, really, in terms of this team starting slow, you know, not really putting themselves on the front foot, always sort of sort of conceding possession and being on the back foot or always, you know, finding a way to make, like you said, a critical mistake early on, um, you know, the complete opposite to what happened on Saturday night in Harrison, right? Like they were, they were jumped on in the first minute and they really couldn't, they had to try to dig their way out the rest of the game. Whereas this uh, game, they were just on it. And obviously I think a lot of the young players, especially, but some of the senior players as well, you know, I think took the Derby a little bit more personally than they maybe normally would. Um, not to say that they ever take games lightly. That's not what I'm saying. But I think in this particular case, a semi, a cup semifinal at home against Montreal, you know, like I said, there were words said that made this uh, a little bit more of a spicier encounter probably than, let's just say, last year's cup final, right? Uh, which really was a damn squid and was done probably within the first 20 minutes, Right. So, um, you know, that's that's the game. I mean, the goals, Io Akinola with a brace. Uh, we're going to get to him in a second. Um, I know Chris wants to talk about him. Uh, and then uh, a goal each for Alejandro Pozuelo and Jesus Jimenez. Really, I mean, a lot of a lot of positive play uh, in this match. Um, you know, Quinton Westberg, to me right now, has solidified the number one spot. Well, since you're going to go there, I cannot disagree. Like, you know, I've always been – I've never denied that, in my opinion, his style of play is the type of keeper I favor over Bono. Um, and it's proved – like I said, since Q's come in, we've gotten more wins than we've had – um, or at least we, we stopped that, that major streak we were on. We finally got a shutout, which – that's a big thing. Like 20, whether it's 27, 20 games, whatever many it is, that was a nasty, embarrassing number. Yeah. And the fact, like, it was just known, like, no matter, TSC can win games, but they're going to concede. So if you can score against them, you're in that game. Well, if we can start to build a solid defensive core, anything's possible from here on out. Not saying we're going to, you know, go on this amazing run, but if we can stop leaking goals where we've been leaking goals and can. And and deep, you know, whether it be a back four, whether, whether if they play a back three, however they choose to play, have a group of guys that you can rely on. That's a positive, you know. Like Absolutely. I mean, just look at the eighteen. How many of the injured guys who we've needed all season long seem to finally be back? That should also be a positive. So I think again, there's really the only negative actually we can probably say is that how many goals we probably missed. That shit we should have scored on, whether it be Jaden Nelson or anyone else yesterday. That yeah, would be I mean, the only sure. thing. Yeah, if you want to pick on that, sure. But I mean, really, um, you know, this is the first time where we really saw the Bob Bradley 
plan in effect, it almost felt like, right? Like actually spawning, you know, just looking like it. this is what we thought we would see a little bit earlier in the season. Um, I want to open the lines uh, to, to, the, to the room. Uh, go ahead and request the mic if you want to get a couple of words in. Um, really quickly, I want to touch on two things. Uh, one, the clean sheet and obviously Io's brace. So first, the clean sheet, obviously, we've been talking about it for it, forever, it feels like. Uh, but finally, the clean sheet has come. Um, big, 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 I think, shout out needs to go to Shane O'Neill. I thought he was, to me, obviously, they're going to give man of the match probably to Io. I think he got it um, to, because obviously he scored a brace and was fantastic. Um, but if there's a second star uh, that you want to put in there, Shane O'Neill was massive last night. Like or he was all over the place, winning tackles, you know, making passes out of the back, um, you know, really looking like a top, look, it's obviously top defender, but he looked like a guy who is trying to sort of prove something to Bob Bradley saying, like, hey, I can be your day in, day out guy, especially as Chris Benvinga is trying to return uh, to the lineup. So, I mean, massive shout out to him. I think he's a big reason why on top of Westberg. Um, and look, I think Carlos Salcedo probably also played his best game in a red shirt uh, since he came to the club. So it's a good night for a lot of guys to have some of their best performances as TFC players. Yeah. Um, again, there's really, like, you can continuously go down the roster and find praise each player for for their play. You know, we haven't seen Ralph Prizzo for a lot this season. It was probably, you know, it, we saw the, I think, the Ralph Prizzo we remember prior to his injury, that was the Ralph Prizzo we saw yesterday. You know, Kosey Thompson, again, defensively, his best game all season. Um, you know, the fact, like, I, I'm missing players simply because they didn't make any mistakes, so I didn't notice any, any issue, and they just did what was asked of them. And that's what we hope we can see week in and week in. Absolutely. So the hope, obviously, is that this now translates to a, a, a bit of a run. Now, again, it doesn't have to necessarily be, you know, win after win after win. But what you're hoping for is that you're starting to see a little bit of a momentum forward. Obviously, with the window coming and opening pretty soon, there will be changes in the roster uh, in terms of who's coming into the 18. We'll see, uh, obviously, outside of Crescito and Insigne, who else comes in uh, that will impact that. But I think this is a great stepping stone in the springboard, uh, to me, more for the young players. Like, obviously, the senior players need it as well. They need, uh, you know, just that. Just need that, like, hey, what we're doing, what we're trying to teach here is starting to get through. Um, and again, the sprinkle of salt here on this is that this was not necessarily a first-choice Montreal team that uh, TFC played last night. They were missing several key players. But that said, um, you know, that's still a, a team that, you know, right now and in probably last year, you could have seen TFC losing to, especially especially with somebody like Romo Kyoto up top, who was again between Salcedo and O'Neill was qu kept quiet 
I mean, usually he can against CFC, he gets in there, he, he, he gets in behind, makes things difficult for the back line. Not a peep from him at all. Barely a peep from him. Um, and that's, that's a good sign. That's a very, very good sign. No, I mean, the team played, like, they, they played, they had a game plan, and they stuck to it. And if they can have, a, you know, if that same focus week in, week out, again, we may not win every game, but you would, you would assume that if they can, again, keep that focus, keep that drive, keep that, that you know, that hunger, that when they're pressing, they press as a, as a unit, not two or three guys pressing, we can see more positive results. Absolutely. Again, only sort of negative I can say out of this is it did look like Ralph Preso came out. I don't know if he's he had an injury or if it's just fatigue, um, but it did look like there was something bothering him when he got subbed out. Um, but again, that could also just be he hasn't been playing a ton, um, and, and that could have been fatigue. So hopefully Ralph is okay because, uh, again, was, he also it was hot. It was hot. It, it was, was very hot. It, it was it was very hot. Um, so so completely understand. But also good news, you know, you saw the return of Chris Mavinga, Jonathan Osorio, obviously more minutes for Jaquil Marshall Ruddy. Thank God Jacob Schaffenberg got in there as well. Um, so you know, you you're starting to get a team that's starting to get healthy with the transfer window coming around. So no one's no one's uh popping champagne yet, no one's saying ah that everything's fixed now, but there, there may be some light, some light. We'll, we'll, we'll wait and see um, as, as this progresses, but uh, obviously a very important win uh, for TFC. Uh, so next, just want to talk a bit about Io Akinola. Um, look, I, I, th- I think he had a fantastic game, as we mentioned last night, a brace, uh, which is big. But beyond just the goals, I think the one thing, and Ollie Platt mentioned this, um, post game was that his his intelligence on his runs um, from deep and into the box uh, were fantastic last night and really opened up space not just for himself uh, but for Pozuelo for Jimenez as they kind of switched and it really allowed for TFC to be pretty dynamic in attack and and I think that's something that uh, that that's going to be key for the team going forward. I, you know I'm I've been a big Io believer. I always thought that it was kind of more his job to lose. Obviously, Jesus Jimenez comes in and scores all those goals. Of course, you're going to play him. You, you have to, right? But, um, you know, I, I really do think the way forward eventually is Io. Um, you know, if he can stay fit, that's his biggest thing, right? Is Can he stay fit? Um, because he can, he can bag goals and bag a lot of them. And the other thing about his performance last night was just his hold-up play. Uh, he held the ball up incredibly well. Um, we know he's incredibly strong. Um, we've seen him bully guys off the ball before, so that's not an issue. But, uh, you know, I think that it's now rounding out those final skills in, in the box and being able to make those runs. And I saw some of that progression last night, um, and that was that was really encouraging to see. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, he's – I think he kind of, he struggled somewhat uh, – when he first came back um, from injury, but you slowly, you know, you slowly getting his footing under him, getting game fit. And I think last night was, you know, this like, again, there's still 
room for improvement, but last night we saw one of the more complete games of what he brings to the table. And if we can see, you know, if you can have him and Jimenez, you know, again, as at least a, a, a forward threat, you know, because they are two different type of players. They really aren't the same style. They're not both hold up. Um, I, th- I think, like, who knows what's going to happen, of course, when, when you know, after the 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 roster changes uh, in a in a week or two, but I think again having both of them as potential threats is an asset. Okay, perfect, uh, Chris. Uh, go ahead and meet yourself, and uh, I know you want to talk a bit about IO, so go ahead. Well, first off, uh, I wanted to congratulate you, Mike, on uh, getting your full time gig with uh, Toronto Till I Die. I haven't been on since then, so congratulations. Um, with so get I, on then. We got you listening, man. We got to get you listening. <laughs> um, with regards to um, Io, um, I'm also a big believer in him. Um, that's why when he was coming back from injury, I was really pushing for Bob Bradley to play two up top with Io and Jimenez together. Um, I know lots of people did not feel the same way that I did. Uh, I understand Bob Bradley um, has never really played two strikers up top. Um, in his career, but in my opinion, until Insigne came, you need to get your best players on the field, and both of them are among our top players. So I felt that Bob would realize that and play them both up top together. Um, I know Io has played a little bit on the right wing, but I'll be honest, lately we've been playing either a flat 4-4-2 or the 4-4-2 diamond in recent games, from what I can tell. Um, you both really just touched on points I wanted to bring up. Um, Starting off with Io, obviously he was pretty rusty when he came back from injury, but so was Preso. So I think maybe this is a, a learning lesson for everybody. When young players suffer major injuries, maybe we need to give them more time to get back up to full fitness. Um, as far as I know, for both of them, it's probably, as professionals, their first major injuries, right? And I'm sure it's quite the adjustment of um, going from being on the sidelines to getting back onto the pitch, especially with a new system completely different to what um, the players are used to with the new coach being in. Um, I personally, uh, Mike, I agree with you 100%. Uh, Io's greatest strength is his ability to drive defenses backwards um, to create space between the opposition's defensive line and midfield line. Um, to me, I'm not going to be upset with whoever gets the starting role. I mean, I think we're going to rotate regardless up front. And Jimenez is flexible on where he can play. Um, but I don't think we can play Insigne, Pozuelo, Jesus, and Akinola at the same time, especially to start a game anyways. Um, but I think Akinola would be, would be somebody who offers something different. He'll create space for Insigne and Pozuelo and the other players. I sometimes worry that maybe perhaps Insigne, Pozuelo, um, and Jesus would be a little bit too similar. Um, occupy very similar spaces. But with Ayo, we don't have to worry about that because he's fairly unique in our squad where he's not a tiki-taka player. He's not one to drop deep and try and string passes or anything like that. He's a fairly old-school striker where he wants to bully the centre-backs, he wants to put pressure on the centre-backs, he wants to get behind the centre-backs. And with his strength, his speed, and his rocket of a shot, it forces defenders to worry about him and drop back. 
Um, and, and that's why I think when Insignia arrives, I'd like to see what they can do together. But like I said, I'm not going to be upset um, if, if Jesus starts over uh, Akinola because Bob Bradley has shown to me that he really likes Akinola. He's been willing to change his system to fit Akinola and Jesus in the lineup together. So I'm sure Akinola is going to get a lot of game time. Um, and also, I just wanted to jump on one thing quickly um, with regards to Nelson. He's been a player I've been always... He's always had the ability, but for me, it was his decision-making that worried me a lot. But as the season's progressed, he's really improved on it. I always found he would dribble when he should pass. When he's isolated, he'd try to dribble out of trouble. Um, but I think lately he's been making the right decisions, dribbling when he's got a person under pressure, passing when he's under pressure himself. Um, and he's definitely somebody who we can rely on going forward. Maybe not as a starter, but as somebody coming off the bench as an attacking option. Um, obviously, we're probably going to have Jesus and or Akinola coming off the bench, but as the the, the person besides that would for me be um, Nelson right now, unless obviously we sign somebody else or perhaps even starting. Who knows? Absolutely, thanks, Chris, uh, for your thoughts and uh, a lot of a lot there. And I, there's a couple of things that uh, I want to pull out of that. I'm going to move you back into the audience. Uh, thank you for uh, participating as always. Um, and if you want to grab the mic again a little bit later, feel free. Um, yeah, I think, look, I, on, the, on the point of young players and giving them time to recover from injury, uh, 100%, for both players, as you mentioned, right, it's their first major injuries. Uh, you're talking about IO um, an ACL injury, which is always tough for somebody to come back from, especially when you're playing to that high level and, you, you know, part of your – Part of your game, part of what makes you great is is your ability to, like you said, run, make space, use your strength. You want to know, can the heel, knee hold up? Um, and I think you saw that in the first couple of games in, in, in Bob Bradley's comments in the run-up to debuting IO this year. You know, he wanted to make sure that not just physically, but mentally, he was ready to, to be back on the pitch. And probably going to be the same thing for Ralph Preso. Um in terms of him just being able to trust his body again, right? And sort of sort of relearn his, sort of his body and how it will relate to the way Bob Bradley wants him to play. Uh, and I, I think, again, we, again, we mentioned this on the Toronto Until I Die podcast, but, you know, those players came off really frustrated on Saturday, especially Io um, and Jaden Nelson as well. You know, I, I think part of that is, you know, them feeling like if you're you're taking step forward in training and you go in a game and it feels like it doesn't work, so you take a step back and that starts to get, to get in your mind. And I think for a lot of those young players now, they're realizing there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs, there's a way to be even keel. Uh, and, and that might be coming around for some players. For some players, it's going to take a little bit longer. Uh, and I think right now that's okay. Um, in regards to to Jaden, I agree. He still has those moments where dribbles himself into trouble. Uh, sometimes shoots when he needs to actually square it across the box. There's a couple of instances where he could have done that for easy tap-ins. Instead, took the shot on. But those are also, I think, somewhat okay because you sometimes want him to be a little greedy. You do want him to go for goal. Um, I, I do want him trying to cut on his right foot and be dangerous. Uh, and I think that 
um, you can accept some of that as long as it's not every time and as long as you see progression in his game, which we are. So uh, from that perspective, I, I do like that. Sean, any, any thoughts on IO or sort of the sort of the system in terms of what Bob Rye is going to do once Insigne comes? Well, I mean, I guess for me, when, when not just Insigne potentially, because it, for, it, it sounded like there's four potential signings coming this window as Thanks, per right? the nugget that was what dropped uh, on, on your um, Toronto to I die podcast. And if one of those of the other two is who an, a name that was dropped on Saturday's game, if that's him, Jade Nelson's coming off the bench. Oh, for sure. Because, you know, there's just no way he's, he will be starting. And, and even when Insigne comes, you know, because he's more played on the left side, does do they shift him over to the right? What happens then, right? Um, I've been impressed with everything he's done. Yesterday, I was, again, I, I, I loved everything about this game, even the selfishness, even when maybe he should have, there was a better play by passing it. I liked the way he was attacking the defense. He wasn't afraid to, you know what? like the, the one he did down on the touchline where he beat two guys and he probably should have chipped it to someone else, but he still went for goal and that it didn't piss me off. I actually said, you know what? I can live with that because of, again, his overall play. Um, so if we can see that continuously and again, him just improve sky's the limit for that young man. For sure. And, and another thing that uh, Chris brought up that was very interesting was just, the idea of, you know, once you have IO in and, and let's just say Insigne for now, the Hoylet thing may happen, may not. But, um, you know, if, if, if you do have those guys up top, I suspect one will, one will sit. Um, and just, that's simply just down to also defensive coverage, right? Like, you know, the, the, you're not paying Insigne to track back on the wing. Right. You're, you know, Pazuelo's never been great at that. He'll, he'll put in effort sometimes and other times he takes plays off. Uh, Jesus Jimenez, same thing. Uh, so, you know, there, there is a case for IO to start games uh, there um, because he does track back. He does do that work. Uh, you know, so there, there is, there is a case where th- that can happen where he can play up top by himself. Um, and, and especially because, you know, in 2020, um, in, in early parts of last season, he was still getting that connection with Pozuelo, right? Like they were starting to connect really well. Um, and if they can get some of that back, if there's a monochrome of getting some of that back, um, then I think you can definitely see a, a scenario where, you know, he's playing and then there's a game where, look, Jesus Jimenez is very comfortable on the wing, right? He, he's, you know, we, we know him as a striker, but he's played in Poland. He was playing at times as a winger as well. So uh, he, he does have that ability uh, to play that wing if you need to and, and adjust your shape accordingly uh, based on what you need. So IO in a lot of ways can maybe provide you some tactical flexibility on top of goal scoring and on top of being able to, to hold play up um, with his strength. Uh Opening the mic again, anybody if you got thoughts on last night? If you just want to tell us if you were there, you know, what the vibe was like for you in the stadium, go ahead and request the mic. Uh, if you're on your uh, on your phone, it's in your bottom left-hand corner there. Request the mic. 
uh, jump on in. We'll get your thoughts in the show uh, before we wrap up tonight. Um, just a couple other things, uh, Sean, just in, in terms of the, the match last night. One thing I, I, I've got I've to sort of also point out is that I felt for the first time in the stadium this season, and this is now put me putting back my fan hat on, um, that everybody was really pulling for the team. Um, and look, there's a lot of arguments saying that you should do that no matter what um, and, and completely. Uh, but sometimes you do need the performances, right, to sometimes give the crowd a spark a little bit. Uh, and last night, uh, you know, obviously it's a derby match, so the Southland's going to be in for it. But I also felt that it, it felt like the stadium was really for the first time this season bought into what the team was doing on the pitch. Now, obviously it helps your, you know, you win four nil, uh, you beat Montreal at home. That's always going to help. But um, even before, you know, even when it was just still one, nothing. Um, and even when it became two, nothing, you felt like the crowd was really, um, was really pulling behind the team and, uh, yeah, and it was just the first time I had felt that in BMO, at BMO Field really this season. Um, I don't know how it sort of uh, appeared to you on television. Maybe it, it wasn't as loud on TV, uh, but definitely that's that's something I noticed uh, in the match yesterday. Um, well, I can I don't I don't think you we we anyone watching would have gotten the same vibe as what you would have felt being there because um, I I I've been there whether it's they're winning, whether they're losing. And there are moments where, the you know, depending on how the game's going, where you just kind of like, you know, especially, you know, let's be real, most of the, the games that we did win, we were already down early and the team fought back. So, you know, you would kind of, until the team kind of turned things around or the play starts to, you start to see better play, there were, there were moments of lull many times this season. So, I can only imagine when having, you know, the crowd enthusiastic cheering throughout as a positive sign for things to, to come. If, if, if the crowd can build off of that, we know that the team always feels more inspired when the, the stadium's rocking and when the fans are cheering. They always play a lot better, right? So hopefully that can, like I said, continue. Well, yeah, I think that that's obviously part of what was happening on the pitch yesterday. I think that's also part of, you know, the the insignia buzz, uh, which I guess we should talk about a little bit before we we head out tonight, um, because he is arriving tomorrow in the city. Uh, you know, hope he's brought a towel. It's going to be sweaty, um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I think there's there's uh, obviously that's part of it, right? I think there's that buzz of. Hey, you get this 4-0 win. That's great. We'll see how that gets responded to on Saturday when they play Atlanta but in the league. But um, now you get Insigne coming, um, probably maybe gets unveiled uh, on Saturday. And, and you just, again, the vibe starts to, starts to grow around the team. And for those who maybe were staying away for a bit, um, look, if you're listening to the show, you're probably a little bit more hardcore than the average person in terms of TFC. Uh, so, so there's that, but, you know, talking to people who are not, uh, in sort of the TFC slash soccer bubble, uh, that we all live in, 
Um, you know, I think that that sort of excitement is now starting to build. The weather's getting better. It's hot outside. Now they're just like, hey, TFC just won for nothing. That's awesome. It's like, yeah, you didn't see the other two months. Um, but, you know, uh, that can only sort of help, I think, um, as, as the season goes forward uh, for the team. But, uh, yeah, that was the, just sort of the other thing I noticed uh, last night. And then, obviously, uh, it's a cup final. So, TFC, once again, are in the Voyager's Cup final. I think they, it's the ninth year in a row we're in the final. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's nine years now uh, running, which is, uh, which is obviously a great record. Um, and we take on Vancouver uh, in Vancouver. So, I don't know if anybody in the room is planning to travel away for that. Um, but uh, we haven't gotten a date yet, I don't think, from Canada Soccer. Again, unless, Sean, you saw something with the date finally released. No, I know people were throwing days out there, so I decided to do a quick, you know, how much would it cost to leave out for a quick flight? Oh, yeah, uh, good luck, people, is all yeah. I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, especially, especially the time of year, yeah. Um, so I'll be watching from home, like probably a lot of other fans that, Ten o'clock at night, most likely, or or will they be kind enough and start it at night? Oh uh, no, I was suspected to be a ten o'clock start, uh, <laughs> unless they could put it on a random week, which they can't really, because I think TFC is playing almost every weekend uh, for the rest of the season. So, or both clubs, the, frankly. Right. Um, so here's a question, and maybe you'll have the answer for this, or maybe someone in the honest will know. Can Insigne play in that game? Depends on when the game is played. If it's played after July 7th, yes. Thank you, basically. Uh, Which uh, I would suspect they would get the final in um, after the 7th, but who knows um, at this point. They may try to to do it. uh, That would basically be doing it like either next week. Yeah, uh, that's why I think it's going to be later in July. Like I think it yeah. would be later. In All indications. I think basically from what both teams scheduled, it's mo. I think a lot of people are thinking it's going to be the twenty seventh of July, which I think yeah. is a Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, right? or, that would be my be, guess as well. Right, could be the week before, but it's you know scheduling wise, that might really be the only day that works if you're not pushing it later, which I don't think they want to do. Well, no, they've already come out and said the final is to be in July. So, sure. uh, so did that, w- and I looked at the sort of corresponding schedules between both teams, and that does seem like the best day uh, for them to run it because I know they're going to start. Both teams are going to start running into Saturday, Wednesday, uh, two game a week schedules a bit um, as they're condensing the season this summer. But uh, yeah, I mean, look at, at that point. Yes, Lorenzo Insigne is available. Uh, for the cup final if it's any time past the 7th of July because that's when the transfer window opens and his contract becomes, uh, or at least he's officially allowed uh, to play for TFC. So uh, it'd be nice to have Lorenzo Insigne for a cup final, obviously. Uh, but, you know, we shall see. Uh, yeah. Especially with now thinking about the games on turf. Um, you know, I don't know if they're going to want to rush him out on turf quite early, that early either. Yeah, um, hard to say. Uh, but I mean, I, I think I think for a cup final, um, you know, a cup final that they want to win, right? This is not a. Oh, this is oh, not no a, Yeah, they, they want to win it, this, right? Yeah, they they want to win this. They want to go back to Champions League. Uh, they want to win this. So um, I would suspect that he would play. 
but uh, you know, maybe they maybe they don't start them. Maybe because of that, they they decide to uh, sub them in instead, and maybe play Jaden or who knows. By that point, maybe Junior Hoylet. Who knows? Uh, um, <laughs> for whoever they sign at this point, because now and and that's another thing. Really quickly, um, get ready, buckle up, TSE fans, because it sounds like this is going to be a bit of a transfer window. Um, so just so you're clear, if you're unaware, the transfer window, the summer transfer window in, in North America and MLS is from July, I believe the 7th to the 8th of August uh, is the window. So it's going to be a busy month for TFC um, and there's going to be a lot of rumors flying out there. Um, if you listen to Toronto Till I Die this past week, we had Michael Singh kind of open up his notebook a little bit. And give us some of the deets. Uh, you know, obviously, we know Insigne is coming. We know Crescito's coming. Um, and now there's potentially one to maybe even two other signings. That well, it sounded pretty, pretty dead set. And maybe Jeff wants to jump in and confirm. But I'm pretty sure Mike said there's four signings. Inclu- well, three, including uh, plus um, Insigne. So we're getting four. But the... We don't know the other two. I think they're just finalizing all the trying to make it everything work. But yeah, my understanding indications. Yeah, Sorry, that's how I heard it. Again, you guys can you know you you were live, you were there. I you know I listened after. I'm not too sure. My understanding is right now the 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 working is it's Insigne plus two other players, uh, so that makes three. If they they might have the ability to bring in a fourth, but of course. It depends on how the money works, right? Uh, in the end of the day, how the gam, tam, jam, thank you, ma'am, funny money works uh, in MLS. So, um, you know, you're getting at least three uh, new signings. You might get a fourth. I mean, at this point, TFC fans, let's not get too greedy. I mean, look, if we get four, that's amazing. If we get three, it's probably going to be fine as well. Um, especially if that third is a junior hoylet. Um, there's talk about a potential loan return for Richie Larea, though I agree. I don't necessarily think it makes a ton of sense but to use allocation on him. But, you know, you need a right back. So uh, maybe that that's the way you go. Uh, but either way, it will be a fascinating transfer window with a ton of rumors. I'm pretty sure, you know, I didn't know who the hell Will, Will Forbes was prior to January, and then he became a household name for like three weeks. So uh, maybe he's going to come up with more Bellotti rumors or something. Uh, but definitely uh, stay tuned. Uh, our our friend uh, and colleague Michael Singh uh, will be definitely on that uh, transfer beat, trying to drop some news for us in the next couple of weeks as New signings are coming to BMO Field. Um, unless anybody else had some other thoughts uh, in regards to last night's win. I mean, what else can we say? The vibes last night were great. It's a night. You know, we're not taking it for more than what it is. It was a great night. Um, great to beat a rival. Great to mug off the two Impact fans that showed up. Um, great you know. to make another cup final. Great to make another cup final, be in a position to win some silverware this year. Uh, Twice. Do, yeah, we're, <laughs> a, we're a weird double, um, but sure, let's, you know, let's go there and be weird about it. Uh, um, 
but yeah, and, and hopefully that gets this team back to Champions League. Uh, and, and then we see how things go from there. Um, Sean, any last thoughts before we sign off? Like you said, you know what? It's all positives we have to take. It's it's the first time we can actually, I believe, as a fan base, just be happy with the win. Not nitpick on anything. Enjoy it, you know, for another you know day or so before you know Saturday's game. But there's nothing, in my opinion, negative for any fan to to dwell on. It was a great win. They needed it. We needed it. Let's go for Saturday against Atlanta. All right, everybody on a wave for tonight. Um, enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to recap, uh, Toronto FC for uh, the cheese people, zero. Uh, great win at BMO last night. Uh, the vibes were great within BMO. Um, obviously, the team, you could kind of tell even when they were walking around, clapping the supporters after the, the match, there was a bounce in their step. You could tell that you kind of like, ah, oh, finally, all the stuff we've been talking about and trying to work on in training is finally came through in a match. Uh, so definitely the, the vibes are strong. But we'll see if, we'll see if that continues on uh, Saturday. They play yeah. Atlanta United at home um, at 7 p.m. Sorry, go ahead, Sean. One, one quick thing for all of the listeners here. You all have, if you haven't been before, you have uh, to get on a plane and go to Halifax. It was beautiful. The people are amazing. I'm going back again next year. I, I know Mike had a great time, and everyone else that was there had a great time, and I just wanted to share that with the rest of you. He has, You have not stopped talking about Halifax since we came back on Monday. <laughs> well, you, we'll talk about that off here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, Halifax was great. Uh, it's my second time going. It was great, um, and uh, went to watch uh, Forge dominate uh, HFX Wanderers game Premier League 3-0, which was fun. Um, got the mug went off. Went on a sailboat. Sorry? We went on a sailboat. Yeah, we did. We did, uh, and, then, uh, and then became captains of a boat. So yeah. long stories. Uh, that's a whole other show. Um, <laughs> we'll wrap it up here. Um, on behalf of Sean, please follow him at CDN Footy here on the uh, the Twit Box. Uh, you can follow me at Football Saves. This has been the Tunnel Club Day After Show four nil TFC Derby win over Montreal in the semifinal of the Canadian Championship. Uh, we will be back uh, Sunday. Uh, the day after uh, the Atlanta game to talk everything uh, about that match. Okay. Other than that, guys, have yourself a great night. Take care. Uh, and uh, we'll talk on Sunday. Peace, everybody.